Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leader Manager Coach podcast. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another programme. If you're listening for the first time, very warm welcome. If you're one of the regular regular tuners, uh, again, a very warm, warm welcome to you. I'm recording this podcast sitting out here on a rooftop terrace. It's hot and humid. It's a little bit cloudy, but it's uh, it's hot and humid in in Bangladesh at the moment, and um, the the morning session's not long finished, so we'll be out again later on. And uh, as I was just thinking, coming back, I was thinking, you know, the the worst days football coaching is a heck of a lot better than the best day um, doing a lot of other things. So as I've said many times, I'm very blessed to be able to to do this with, with these young people and these athletes. And some of them are, 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 are of a real high quality as well. So um, yeah, we're looking forward to, to working with them a little bit more and it won't be too long till we're out on the grass again this afternoon. So, okay, what we're gonna talk about today, and as you can hear, it's still quite noisy here. We're gonna talk about a, a topic called risk. And um, the reason I'm gonna talk about risk is because this has been highlighted to me very much this week on a couple of occasions and I think it's a real real topic because we've all got risk um, being alive by definition means that risk is involved um, as Jordan Peterson often reminds us that every day that we are alive we take risks because you know, none of us have got any guarantees, none of us have got full control, and just by being born, you sign up to, to a life where you, you are vulnerable and you open yourself up to risk, no matter what that is, whether that's an illness, a disease process, an accident, an injury, um, you know, all kinds of things happen to us. So risk comes in many forms. Sometimes it's financial risk, it might be, you say, a business risk, it might be relationship risk, all kinds of risks but it's a phenomenal topic and the reason that I am talking about it is because it's something that was highlighted to me this week and the question I want to pose to you is what is your risk level or what is your risk aversion now at the risk of talking about myself it's you know I'll just use myself as an example when I um, made the decision after the opportunity was was presented to me to come and work in in Asia, you know, a few thousand miles away from home and uh, a a culture I'd never been in, a a country I'd never been in, with very few people that I knew, with a language I didn't know, with with food that I wasn't sure I was going to be happy with, etc, etc. One of the most frequent things that that people said to me is, I wouldn't dare do that. And I was actually quite taken aback by the number of people who, who said that. 
And there was also another lot of people who actually didn't say that, but when I look back now at their response, their response was probably that at a non-verbal level. Because they, they, their response was, where is it you're going? What is it you're actually doing? And then kind of shaking the head and walking away. So that in itself tells you that people have different levels of risk. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that level of risk is very, very much entwined with the outcome and the desire level and the importance of actually what it is that you're doing. Because let's put it into an extreme situation. If you were in a situation where somebody, or even a loved one, but somebody was in extreme danger, whether that's in water, in the sea, in the river, on the road, whatever. The chances of you putting yourself in a risk situation, I, I think, are considerably higher than if you were not in a situation where somebody's life was at risk. Because the value of the outcome, i.e. maintaining a life, particularly of somebody who means an awful lot to you I think leverages how much risk you are willing to take so if we if we dampen that down a little bit and taking it back take it back how much something means to you in terms of an outcome is going to leverage if that is true on the element and the degree of risk that you're going to take Now, I'm sure it's much more complex than that, and I'm sure there's many psychologists and uh, professors who will talk to you about risk. I'm sure there's many books on risk. Um, I don't know any myself, but I know the concept of risk is talked about by many people in in psychology and people in in, in self-improvement, if I can use that term, um, who talk about, look, if you don't take any risks, then you're very likely to not achieve anything. It's not rocket science. It's quite sensible, mundane, ordinary stuff that you have to take risks in life if you're going to move on, if you're going to challenge yourself and create things that are already not in existence. So I think the question is, is again, is what is your risk profile? And are you, what are you prepared to risk? And what, at what level would you be forced to take a risk? And the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is, is A, to prob- possibly highlight how much things mean to you. Because I honestly believe and I, uh, that there are, I think it was Emerson who said, maybe it wasn't Emerson, maybe it was somebody as eloquent as him, said, look, most people live lives of quiet desperation. And... Maybe an element of that is an adversity to risk. And I distinctly remember my, you know, the people I looked up to when I was a kid saying to me, oh, you don't want to do that, and oh, you don't want to do that. And having my grandmother and my aunties saying, oh, no, look after yourself and don't go out and don't do this and don't do that and be careful and put your coat on. And, and all of that self-talk, that overprotectiveness, that... that that, that love that's, that's kind of thought of as real love when actually it's, it is love, it's intentional love, but maybe it's not actually the most healthy thing, actually cocoons people 
and prevents them getting getting those that stimuli and those knocks and those things that make us grow and that adversity it protects us and it's not protection that we need it's the ability to grow and be stronger to withstand and be anti-fragile as as uh, Brian Johnson talks about and be resilient and we only develop that by going through a process and it's alright talking about it it's actually going through something and unless we take a risk and we step out we will always remain on the island of safety we won't burn our boats and we won't burn our bridges so that we only have one route out and this was highlighted to me this week when situations arose where I needed to make a decision and I could have not made a decision and decided a decision not to do anything is a decision if you like but that road of not doing anything after careful due diligence and analysis and, and I don't I'm not talking about making rash decisions I'm not on about the rashness I'm not, I'm not even talking about applying due diligence I'm talking about risk after analyzing it I needed to take a risk for me personally so it wasn't about somebody else's risk it wasn't about my family's risk it was about me as a person as an individual taking that risk and that was after discussing things with other people and so what I did is I stepped out and I put myself in a situation where I could have lost things I could have gained things um, and I, I was prepared to do that and it was something that I not only I wanted to do it wasn't about what it wasn't actually about wanting to do it it wasn't anything to do with wanting to do it it was actually having to do it because the emotions that were driving me and or, or, and the the things that were, were were behind my decision were so strong that they weren't desires as, as I would call them they were they, they were almost I, I can't live with myself unless I do this so it was the right decision and therefore it would it, and if it's the right decision to you if it doesn't come off and you don't quite get the result you want it's actually a positive because you've already decided that it's worth it anyway and whatever the outcome you will live with it and sometimes we have to take that stance that look uh, and, and some people put it really brutally, but in a great way. And they say, look, in life, be prepared to be crucified. And if you're not prepared to be crucified, then you're gonna stay on an island of safety in, in, in a comfort zone, which is fine, it's not a criticism, but if you want to achieve something meaningful you're gonna have to step out and when you step out the definition of stepping out means you're gonna face some adversity some possibilities some unknown it's going on that hero's journey that I've talked about before and you're gonna face things that are frightening to you and scare you and involve loss but by stepping out, what you're saying to the universe and what you're saying to the world is, I am prepared to do this. 
not just saying it you have to do it and when just going back to the the story that I was telling you about that was actually when I was involved in it myself I'm ummed and awed and thought about it and let it settle and discussed it until I knew I'd 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 researched it as much as I possibly could and now it was just becoming a, a, an obsession with that something needed to be done so I chose what I called the right way and no matter what the outcome I had decided that this was the right thing to do it was right for me so therefore it was the right thing and fortunately you know, it wouldn't have involved illness or, or harm to anybody else apart from... There wouldn't be any harm. It would just be a decision. So if it's the right thing for you and you're totally committed and convinced it is the right thing, you should do it. Because that is what will give you open up the next thing. And it's almost like what you say is... I, I, you, you come to a point where you say, right, there's something in front of me and it's holding me and it's obsessing me and I can't let it go and I need to let this go in order to move on I need to get round it I need to get over it or I need to get through it but somehow I have to address it by sitting here and looking at it and staring at it and staying at the crossroads I will not move on and that pain and that anxiety and that heaviness and that dullness and that gnawing will stay with me and I honestly believe that that's what Emerson was talking about. If it was Emerson, he talked about people living lives of desperation. I've been in situations before in my life, and I'm sure you have too, where you know that you want to do something, but you're held back. You're held back by your fears. The what if, what will they say? What will happen? What about my finances? What about my business? What about my money? What about my accountant? What about my family? What will my wife say? What will my husband say? What will the boss say? What will happen when I wake up and I need to find some work? What will happen and what about the risk? It scares me, scares me, scares me. Now there's nothing wrong in fear. There's nothing wrong in being safe. There's nothing wrong in making sensible, rational, calm decisions. But I'm talking about when things are at the point where you know they gnaw at you and everything points towards them needing to be addressed. And sometimes that addressing needs a communication. It's often a hard conversation. We've talked before on a podcast episode about having hard conversations, difficult conversations. And I think that difficult conversations are often very tightly entwined and embroiled in, in this particular kind of thing, this risk. What will happen if I speak my truth? And this speaking your truth is something that is so difficult to do. Otherwise, if it wasn't difficult, everybody would do it. And when you talk to people, or mainly when you listen to people, people seem great, don't they, at saying, well, I, I said this to them, and I told them this, and I told them that, and I told them the other, and I said this, and I said that. And they're telling you that. Well, I honestly believe that people who tell you that haven't said it to the people that it needs to be said to. Because if they had, I don't think they would be having the conversation with you. Because it would have been dealt with and solved and they wouldn't need to rationalise it by telling you what they did. It's only a personal opinion. But I think speaking your truth is one of the most powerful things that you can learn to do. And it is so difficult. It is so challenging. It is scary because there are outcomes 
and there's doing it in the right way and there's doing it in a wrong way and I'm not here to tell you what's the right way and the wrong way but sometimes in the heat of battle in the moment we can say things and they're dressed up in anger in red mist and envy and greed and resentment and negative emotions that come out in harsh words that are uncontrolled once the the beast is unleashed and the tongue, the creative force that it is will go and, it, and once it's let go, it's off its lead. It's sometimes very, very difficult, if not impossible to rein in. So I'm not talking about uncompromised verbal aggression. I'm talking about speaking your truth calmly, quietly, assertively, so that you communicate your point you communicate it to the right people and where possible you do it in the best way so that they understand where you are so they understand where you're coming from and it's done in a way that allows if possible things to occur because sometimes I've said things in the past that have resulted in many months of difficult communication because of the way I deliver the message and this is a whole topic in itself about delivering messages. It's not, you know, it's not something we need to go into here to talk about how to deliver messages. It's a key skill and a key concept about leadership. And it fits in really well with the podcast, I know, but it, it's not about that. So it's talking about risk. Are you prepared to speak your truth? Because what I want to say is I, I, I challenge you. I really do challenge you to speak your truth if you need to. I challenge you to speak it every day in little simple things so that it doesn't grow. Because if you don't speak your truth one day and you really need to do, it will grow. It will grow within you. And if you don't let it out, it may come out one day. And when it does come out, it will be that damaging verbal tirade because it's pent up, it's frustration. It's been in there for a long time. Whereas if you learn to speak your truth quietly, clearly, assertively, and in the right way, and it's a skill and it's not easy and it's not common your life will be so much different you'll get respect respect from yourself and respect from others and people will learn that you are who you are and they will deal with you in a different way and they know and they respect it so and if people take it the wrong way well that's part of the price you pay and that's the risk you take so you know, I'm not advocating being rude and malicious and all those kind of things. Absolutely not. Totally the opposite. I'm just talking about speaking your truth. Because in the story that I, I talk about, when I spoke the truth, amazingly, I had four, four what I'd call serendipitous events that occurred, a few within minutes and a few within hours of me speaking this truth. And these are events that are and were unrelated to the event that I'm talking about. They were totally unrelated, but there were things that were important to me and that I was waiting on and working on, but hadn't happened. And within, as I say, within those minutes and hours of speaking this truth, I had these four serendipitous events that moved these other projects on another stage, a significant stage. Now, I, I don't know, I'm just, I just thought about this and I thought, well, I wonder if it was, it's you that holds you back and the things that hold you back are also holding everything else back. 
But so if you release yourself, you relieve yourself of that burden of the of the untold message. It frees you up so much on a level that we don't quite understand, an emotional level, a psychological level, you know, a nervous system level, a physiological level. And if it really is a journey within, if life is a, a journey within, it will then allow those things to come into your life. Now that's a little bit far-fetched for this podcast and it's well beyond my ability to, to give you any proof. All I'm telling you is that that's what's happened and maybe there is something in it that's worth worth investigating. But just try it. And can you find an, something in your life where you know you need to take a risk? And maybe it's related to speaking your truth. Okay, related to that, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was people often ask me, uh, wow, you know, how do you get to you know, and, and how did you do that? And how did you achieve that? And, you know, you work in this industry and you worked in football. And how did you get that job? And how did you get this job? And it's almost people are fascinated by how things occur and how you got to where you are. Whether that's good, bad or indifferent, it's just where you are. But people often ask you. And I think, you know, the question is almost for people who just want to suss out, well, how, you know, work out, have a little pattern in their mind and a little construct of how you got to where you got to. Well, actually, the pathway that we all travel and traverse on our way to where we are going is all individual. It's very personal. And it is such a zigzaggy up and down path through woods, through trees, through clouds, through mountains, through valleys, that we have no idea where we're going. We don't know who we're going to meet. We don't know who we're going to talk to. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We just keep doing it, and eventually we get somewhere. And we probably don't actually get to the exact place that we thought we were going to get to. We certainly don't get there the way that we thought we'd get there, because our job is not to work out how we're going to get there. Our job is to just look at the next step. And I think people often say to you, um, how did you get there? And I think the best answer uh, comes in, 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 in the form of, well, how resilient are you? Oh, I'm resilient. What are you prepared to put up with? Are you prepared to put up with early mornings? Are you prepared to put up with getting up early when everybody else is asleep? Are you prepared to work early in the morning before everybody else gets up? Are you prepared to plan when you don't feel like planning? Are you prepared to go to bed early and stay in when other people are out enjoying themselves and socializing and you need to focus on something and work and study and create or rest or save money? Are you prepared to give up some social time, some TV time, some socializing, some, some going out in order to get somewhere? Are you prepared to focus on something? What are you prepared to sacrifice? And how resilient are you able to be? Are you able to withstand people letting you down? Are you able to stand people really, really, really pulling the rug from under your feet, embarrassing you, belittling you, and putting you in no-win situations where you have to choose something, and you have to start again at your beginnings, when you feel like you have been completely violated in, in, in a capacity, you have to rebuild something that somebody's demolished on purpose or by accident but they demolished it it's gone it's finished it's over you now have very little time left 
but you have a deadline. And your goal seems so far away. You are so near. You are absolutely so near. You've spent weeks and months and years and all of a sudden it's lost. Are you prepared to deal with that emotion? When your head goes, when your emotions take over, when you become obsessed with revenge, when you get taken over by something that feels so wrong and you have to refocus on what is the right path in order to get back on it if you're going to get back to where you want it to be and towards the place you want it to get to. Because these are the characteristics and they, what do they boil down to? They may just boil down to that determination. They may just boil down to that resilience or just that ability to get up and turn up. You know, somebody once said that turning up on the job is 50%. Just turn up to start with. The rest you can add when you get there. So don't just turn up and sit down, but if you feel so low, just turn up anyway and then try your best. Because that is all we can do. And it's that capacity, that conation, that persistence, that never giving up, those little things that your people said in your past, just don't give up. Never, as Churchill said, never, ever, ever, ever give up. And it, it's having that flickering flame of desire that you hold on to that when it seems so dark and so dull and so bad and so horrible, you seem so friendless and so alone, there's only you that you just think, I'll take the next breath, I'll take the next phone call, I'll just sit here for a while and then I'll do something towards it. And it may be a little tiny thing, or you may have to sit and rest for a while. And yes, sit and rest. Yes, take a breather. That is not giving up, that, that's recovery. And then, can you refocus? Do you have that ability to refocus through the pain, through the emotional energy, through the anger, and through the, 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 the blackness that sometimes it, it can seem? And that may depend on, again, let's, this takes us back to the start of the conversation, because we talked about risk. So we've gone full circle in the conversation. And we talked about the leverage in terms of the risk is how important the thing is to you as to how much you'll risk. And that risk may be 25 years of your life. You may decide and it may not be a decision that you make because you think you'll get there in five years. And 25 years later, you may get to where you thought you'd get to. So are you prepared to do this throwaway phrase, this throwaway statement of whatever it takes to get to where you want to be? And how bad you want something and how much that thing means to you is how much you'll risk because if somebody's in the river who you love, you don't need to ask anybody else whether you should do whatever you need to do to get them out. As the stories go of mums lifting cars off people in the road who are their children, you know, and as a wise man once said, do you seek your goal like a man with his hair on fire seeks a pond? 
that is the level of desire. And sometimes you, you will need that level of desire. If, certainly if your goal is big, you will need that level of desire. And I'll just finish on this level of desire because it's relevant to the risk and how much you'll risk. And it's relevant to the question of how do you get to where you want to be? It's your level of desire. Because there was a master and a guru and, and every day this guy used to come up to him and say, sir, you sit here quietly. How do you become the master that you are? And he didn't answer him. And he came one more day and he sat on the seashore and said, sir, how, again, how do you become a master? He looked at him, but didn't answer. He remained silent. He came again another day and said, sir, I ask you again, how do you become a master? The man, the master arose and he walked into the sea. The guy who's questioning followed. They walked into the sea, up to their waists. The master put his hands on the guy who asked him the question's head and he pushed him under the water and he held him under the water and the guy started to thrash he started to struggle he started to struggle and he started to struggle even more and more and more and more and more and he struggled and the guy the master held him under and at the last minute he grabbed his hair and he pulled him out of the water and the guy was gasping for breath and he looked at him the guy who asked the question looked at the master and said why you nearly kill me and the master said when you want what you want as much as you wanted air then you will be the person you want to be great to chat thanks for listening as always your time's always appreciated let me know what you think www.robriles.co.uk forward slash podcasts um, to catch up with uh, any, any other previous episodes let me know what on the uh, on the website catch me on our game linkedin facebook twitter but as always appreciate your time catch you later bye bye